Last week, we talked to the founders of a nonprofit in Bangladesh about the challenges of cross-cultural work. This week, we dive into a discussion about understanding the success you actually want to build. After over a decade of nonprofit leadership impacting thousands, we hit a wall. We started asking ourselves, how can we go beyond personal success and leave a legacy that lasts far beyond our lifetimes? A job change and a couple pivots into for-profit leadership later? We're on the search to get that question answered. If you're a leader who cares deeply about supporting nonprofits from the inside or from the outside, this podcast is for you. We believe that the world needs what you are going to leave behind, and it's our passion to help you find that thing and build it. I'm Ted. And I'm Lisa. Welcome to the Legacy Builders Movement. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We are super excited to have this conversation today because we are talking with an author, a professional speaker, and the co-founder of Legacy Builders International, Lisa Snyder. Lisa, why don't you say hello to everybody hello. today? Hello. I'm really excited to be doing this. We're pumped. We wanted to kind of end off the year uh, with something just a little bit different, but also give you guys a little bit more insight into the people who are on the other side of the microphone a lot uh, from our interviewers and uh, interviewees, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, Lisa is awesome. She has accomplished a ton of really great things, and she is a learner like nobody's business. So this conversation today is going to be really great. So we just dive into uh, some of her wealth of knowledge. If you know her from before listening to this podcast, you know that this is this is going to be really, really great. If not, you're going to know her a little bit more by the time this is done. So Lisa, just like we ask all of our guests, why don't you give us a little bit of backstory on who you are and how you kind of got to the point where you are today? Huh, such a big question. I've asked so many people this, and I don't quite know my own answer. <laughs> um, I mean, I started out, I was someone who's always interested in business, and that's something I can kind of see throughout my life. I had uh, family members who really encouraged me and invested in me, and it was really a, you can do whatever you want to, a sort of attitude. I started my first business in fifth grade um, and made so much money for a fifth grader, uh, selling candy out of my locker. And from there, it just kind of grew um, all throughout middle school and high school. I was really drawn to the idea of working for myself, but I was also really drawn to the idea of philanthropy. In high school, I considered going to college for dentistry, and the reason I wanted to do that was so that I could travel and do dental work for free on people who weren't able to get it in other countries. And so my life, I feel like, has been kind of a mix of entrepreneurship, but also how can I make the most impact and be generous in the midst of it? Um I met Ted when I was 13, 12, 12 or 13. Somewhere around there. We started dating at 16. We got married at 20 um, and then had kids. And during our marriage, it was interesting. Ted was working at a nonprofit. He was working at a church. Um, and I was trying to figure out what it is that I wanted to do. I've been an avid reader. I started a couple different businesses. A lot of the businesses I'd start and actually get some success going and realize this just isn't what I want to do long term. And so I felt like it was a lot of trying to figure myself out. Um, and then one day I was helping someone figure out their budgeting and their finances. And it kind of grew into this passion that I have of being able to help people with their financial resources. At the same time, as I started speaking, I ended up speaking um, specifically on generosity and specifically on financial resources. And that's kind of grown into what it is today, which is I love helping people. Um, I love the idea of people building a legacy. I love the financial aspect of the legacy. I know that we talk about the financial and the philosophic 
philosophical and the family, but I love like that financial piece of it. And I love teaching people, especially leaders, entrepreneurs, and nonprofit, like nonprofit leaders, helping you understand how to explain your why to people so that people want to give and contribute their time and their resources without you even having to go for the ask on the actual giving. Like, I love that. It brings my, I don't know, it just brings me alive. So, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a huge overarching story. But I mean, we graduated college. Ted was a nonprofit. I was trying to find myself. And in the midst of trying to find what it was I wanted to do, it just got focused on helping people. And from there, legacy builders, um, I don't know, it just kind of came to be over time. <laughs> like when we started, I was like, well, I kind of already have stuff in place for parts of this. Yeah. I mean, I remember you going through that process kind of like you'd start something. And, and like you said, it wasn't like things would crash and burn. It was like you'd see some success in it. So explain a little bit about what you what you found out about yourself when you hit a wall with these other businesses that you started because you said you're like I don't want this kind of success yeah so part of it is I've always had this attitude um I think in life a lot of times when we see someone else who's successful we kind of separate ourselves from them well they grew up in that family they went to that college they had that experience um and my mantra has really been they breathe air and I breathe air therefore I can do it um, and so I started a couple different businesses. I organized homes for a bit. Um, I did photography for a bit. I've written a couple books. Um, but with the organizing and the photography and a couple other things in particular, what happened was I knew the type of success I wanted. And as I got going in those businesses, I started to realize if I continue down this path, I'm not going to end up in the type of success that I want to have. Um, either it wasn't going to make the type of impact that I wanted to long term, or I realized the way that I had structured my business was really just building a job for myself long term. Um, and I think that's something that we get kind of stuck in sometimes when we go out because we think, you know, I just want to work on my own. But if we're not careful in the way that we actually structure our businesses or structure even nonprofits, we can really create a job where we almost, the more successful we get, the more trapped we feel. Hmm. versus being able to grow in a way where the more that you're able to do, the greater you're able to scale. Um, and so as I was moving forward, I'd realize this is success, but it's not the success that I want. And I think sometimes we get so blinded by I'm having success, therefore I should keep, keep going, that we forget to ask, is this really at the end of the day the success that I'm looking for? Is this how I want to spend my time? Is this how I want to spend my money and other resources? Like, that's fine. But the time thing, is this how I want to spend my day in and my day out? If I do this for 20 more years and I see where this goes, um, is it really where I want to end up? If the answer is yes, awesome. If the answer is no, you need to ask yourself, do I need to make a tweak in this business or do I need to find something else altogether that I care about? Because for me, like, I didn't start doing the financial stuff with a business in mind. I just knew I want to help people, and this is something that I'm willing to do, even if I never make any money doing it. Mm -hmm. And speaking about generosity and speaking at um, like events to make money for grants and that kind of stuff, I never did it for the end goal of actually getting the money. I did it because I truly believe that one of the most impactful lives that we can live is one that is generous. Mm -hmm. And knowing that, it just was kind of a natural outflow of who I am. That's good. I love that you said you got to know the type of success you want. And I know that that wasn't 
an easy path Mm-mm. to figure those things out. Like there were some painful stuff. What was the hardest part about that season where you were kind of going in and like you'd start something and then you'd realize I got to change this? Having to tell people I quit. It was so humbling. I hated it. Like, there was part of me that wanted to just keep working because I didn't want to be perceived as a failure. Wow. And because I knew that even if I knew my own reasons for making adjustments or starting something new, I knew that no matter what my reasons were, other people were going to have their assumptions. And I want to be capable. (laughs) I want to know all the right (laughs) answers. Like, that's who I am. And so to have to go to friends and family and people I didn't know super well. And we know a lot of people. And so going to, I mean, a place where we know hundreds of people asking like, oh, are you still doing that? And having to say, no, I decided not to. And knowing that there was nothing that I could say that would explain it well enough. And I just had to let them assume that I failed. Hmm. Like it was just so humbling and I hated it. (laughs) <laughs> but I did it. I'm so glad I did. But I that was honestly the hardest part. Wow. And and you said like when you had to go and like explain it, like you didn't always have the amount of time to thoroughly explain it. What advice would you have for somebody right now who knows that they're on that spot where they need to pivot, they need to change something and they're just they're just dreading the conversations mm-hmm. that are going to come out of it? What advice would you have for them? Just because someone Um, Just because you know someone doesn't mean that they have the right to know what's going on. Hmm. And sometimes the best answer you can give is one that's less than 15 words and just keep your mouth shut. Like, that sounds mean, but if it's not the right person, if you're in a crucial moment where you need to be able to pivot and do the right thing, save your words for your mentors and your advisors. Save your words for the people who understand what you're trying to do long term and aren't going to hold on to what um, other people might deem to be important. And so when you have someone who comes up assuming something, like it's really, really, really easy to get defensive, but it's simply not worth it, partly because you're not going to change the mind of someone who doesn't already have your back. You're not going to change the mind of someone who isn't for you. Um, And on top of that, the more that you get defensive, you teach yourself that you have something to defend and you confuse yourself. So if you feel the need to justify that you're great, your brain is automatically going to be thinking wait, am I great? Is there something wrong? Is there something I'm avoiding? And it's a weird thing, but it it um, it confuses you. Like, it just makes it to a point where you know you, may, you need to make a decision, but you bring too many people into the room and hear too many voices, most of which have no idea what's going on in your life. So wow. just be okay being misunderstood and be okay <laughs> keeping your mouth shut. That's really, really good advice. I should probably learn how to do I should learn my, how to do that too. I, <laughs> I sound to really the, smart, but I need to learn to keep it, my mouth shut. It's stuff. not easy for me. Like I <laughs> I want to be seen as like I said, I want to be seen as competent. And so having mm. to just let people think what they think is it's a challenge for me. I've gotten better at it, but goodness, there's room for growth. <laughs> well, talk a little bit now about legacy builders, because we've had similarly kind of almost awkward conversations with people where they're like what is legacy builders like what are you doing like you run a podcast like how are what what do you do yeah so legacy builders was interesting because ted was working at um a church and i was at home um and we partnered on some stuff but it was really separate we were kind of trying to figure out what it was that we wanted to do together um and part of it was just where we were at in our relationship and our 
home life, like everything about it. And a couple of years ago, we had the idea for Legacy Builders. We were driving home from Colorado or Utah. Um, We were driving home late at night and just talking about what we could do. And the question really was, if we could make something that was going to last long term, what would we want to be centered around? And for us, legacy is the number one thing. We think about it all the time. We think about it in the way that we raise our kids and our family. And and Ted has had teams of well over 100 volunteers. And even then, we're always thinking, how could we raise the bleeders so that they can more effectively lead? And we love legacy, not just for our own family, but really bringing it wide to say, if we impact one person outside of our family and they are able to impact people we get to have a role in that, even if we never meet them. And that's really exciting to us. So anyway, we got talking about it and we had this idea and it was just a seed that kind of settled in our hearts. But we honestly didn't take action right away. Um, we had like maybe a website set up or we kind of started talking about it a little bit, but we didn't really have anything. And I remember someone saying, hey, I heard something about legacy builders. What is it? And I remember one of the first times my answer was, I don't know yet. <laughs> and trying to trying to say, like, we have ideas, we're just not quite clear in the direction that's going. And there's a point where you're getting started with an idea where you have to be really careful with it because it's like um, a little plant that could die in an instant. Like you put too much pressure on it, it's too hot, too cold, whatever, you kind of have to baby it. And I feel like that's how it was in our hearts for a while, mm-hmm. where we just seemed to let it be and let it grow and kind of see what started to come out of it. Um, in the last year or so, we've started digging down into it a lot more. And the we got hooked up with a phenomenal coach. Um, and out of that, the podcast was born and the work that we're doing with nonprofits and some of the courses that we're putting together. Um, but it really was the journey of being discontent where we were and not discontent. We have to be careful. If you're discontent because of um, the people around you or the place that you're in, that's a different kind of discontent. We were discontent internally. Like hmm. we knew that there was something else that we were supposed to be doing and something that we were supposed to be walking into. And rather than making that transition by like just blowing up at everything around us (laughs) we made that transition internally and it was a long transition like it took us like two years to really fully even begin to flesh it out and walking through that and understanding that the discontent wasn't something external that we could change but it was something internal that we needed to allow to grow Mm -hmm. um that was really big for us so I don't remember what the question was. What do you, what does Legacy Builders and what do you specifically do with Legacy Builders? How do you uh, help people? So that's how Legacy Builders was born. Um, what we do with Legacy Builders is we help nonprofits be able to really make it so that they have the funds that they need by building up an awesome community. Um, we love partnering nonprofit leaders and for-profit leaders together. But in particular, we've run a couple awesome fundraising events where they didn't have fundraising before, but because we were able to help walk in and build up a strong community, they were able to raise a successful amount of financial capital on the back end. Um, and we love helping people do that because if you're a nonprofit leader, you might not have a funding issue, you might have a community issue. Um, and so that's what we do within uh, Legacy Builders. I am one of the co-founders with Ted here. Um, So I say I'm the CEO and the CFO. So I handle our books and finances and looking at ways for scale 
in that area. That's fantastic. So what are you like most excited about with Legacy Builders in the next year? In the next year? Yeah. Um, well, we're putting together a six-week course that'll basically get nonprofits ready to kick off a successful fundraising campaign. Um, I'm super excited about that. We've developed our fun, our nonprofit flywheel, which is great for both the nonprofit sector and for entrepreneurs because there are so many different things that you need to realize and be able to push on. Um, but the thing I'm most excited about is for when a nonprofit leader that we work with comes back to us and says, here's how much money we raised, here's the impact we made, here's what we were able to do, and that we're going to be able to celebrate with them. Like, 100%. I love what we get to do, and I love that it's not just about the money. Like, we know that the greatest impact that we can have in people's lives is the people themselves. And so being able to set up organizations that are awesome in a way that they can bring in more people to partner with them, um, that's just phenomenal and exciting. Yeah, the connections that we've been able to make in the, even just on the last few months through the mm-hmm. podcast have really given us some great tools and resources and knowledge about how to do what we do better. And it's great. Like I mentioned earlier, Lisa is a sponge. So it's like everything that we're learning from these amazing leaders and guests on the podcast and other people that we're getting connected with. She's just soaking it all up. So I'm I'm really excited about the next year, too, because of the fact that you're going to get to kind of wring that out and help yeah. some people with. That. I feel like I'm taking in so much information right now. I'm taking a ton of notes. Um, If you are a reader or a learner or whatever, have a notebook and just write everything down because you're not going to remember it all. You might remember that one thing that you need to learn right now to bring what you're doing to the next level, um, but there's going to be other things that you're going to want to remember later on. So write down. Also, when you write stuff down, you have a better chance of retaining it scientifically. So write it down even if you never revisit the notes because it's going to impact you more. Cool. I'm going to ask you a totally different question now. Because, oh, you're just going to completely change. Yeah, this is the end of 2020. Okay. And we like really launched Legacy Builders in, in the middle of 2020. Yep. So talk about that process. Talk about the challenges. Talk about the worries and talk about how we did it. So 2020, um, we've all lived through it. It's an interesting year. Um, Back in March, when everything was kind of hitting, we heard on the news um, that we were likely going to be going into a stay-at-home order where we live in Minnesota. And I had found a webinar from Grant Cardone. I found it, actually. No, I did. Oh, wait. That's right. You found it, and I found a different one. Yeah. I found the first one. I brought it to you. Okay, okay. Sorry. I'm going to let you tell your story. I asked the question. I need to learn to listen. Also, I'm right. You can learn that, too. (laughs) You can learn that, too. No, we heard everything that was going on. We're trying to figure out what it is that we're going to do. At the time, Ted was still working at his job part-time. We had a couple different leadership things going on and just different work that we were doing. And we found this webinar, and I was expecting it to be something like, hey, here's how to prep for the next year. Here's what to be doing. Here's whatever. Because it was specifically for this time. And I remember the first part of it was him essentially saying, the world that you know it is now dead. Grieve quickly and move forward. And he wasn't quite that blunt, but very quickly as Ted and I were listening to it while we were standing outside by our uh, fire ring, we were sitting there listening to it, realizing 
everything is going to change going forward and we need to start making the change today. Mm-hmm. Nothing had even happened yet. At that point, it was like no one knew what was going on. No one knew how long it was going to last. We hadn't even shut down yet. Yeah, pretty much everybody around us was like, oh, yeah, when this when this thing ends, then we'll get back to normal. Yep. And it, we hadn't even had like any lockdowns yet. No, nothing. So we listened to that and we had some serious conversation about it. And we said, OK, what's over? And we just talked through like, this is done. This is done. This is done. We came inside and we brainstormed what it was that we could do in the season, not even knowing what the season was going to look like. Wow. It was scary. I mean, I was nervous because at the time we're listening to what other people are saying. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a big deal. And then we're listening to this webinar where the person's basically saying it's way worse than you think. Plan for the worst. And it was scary and intimidating, but at the same time, the same feeling that's scary is also the same kind of feeling in your gut when you're anticipating something. And once you can lean into anticipation, then it becomes almost exciting. It's like, okay, if that's done and we have to grow, what could growth look like? Um, within three or four months of that, Ted quit his job, which in the middle of 2020 was interesting timing. Yeah, it wasn't, uh, a a lot of people got laid off from work, lost work, all that stuff, and I, and we went fully self-employed. And we went fully self-employed. Um, granted, you leaving your work was like 25, 30% of our income, so it wasn't like we were leaning 100% on it, but it was a chunk for us. Um, and we made that shift... And it was one of those moments of we are doing this and we fully believe in what we're doing. And I sometimes, you know, some people say like, oh, you need to burn the boats. Like when you get to the shore, the only way to succeed is to burn the boats so you don't have a plan B. I generally agree with that, um, but not always. Like there are times when it's smarter to transition. It's smarter to keep your foot, to keep one foot in both things until the thing that you're building is actually stable enough for you to stand on. I think some people think like, I'm just going to jump in 100% and everything else is going to work. Like, no, that might not happen. And maybe you're in a position where you can take that risk, but we need to be careful with it. And in the middle of 2020, the other stuff that we had built up was enough that we're like, okay, this is pretty stable. We can make the rest of the full transition. Because like I said, this whole idea and this whole transition period have been two, two and a half years now. Um, so that's kind of what happened in the middle of 2020, toward the end of 2020, or I guess September, we launched our podcast. Uh, we had one, and we're like, nope, we need to rebuild this. Uh, we launched it and ranked number one in iTunes for a nonprofit, which was so exciting, um, and then got started with coaching with our business coach. And what's interesting about that is we were surrounded by people who were uh, retracting, who were saying like, no, I'm just going to pull back. I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to whatever. And so in a lot of ways, it felt extremely lonely to be the people saying, no, we're going to grow. And we're going to invest in business coaching. And we're going like to invest. We spent money like, when we, everybody else was trying money. to save it all. Yeah. And one thing that I've been thinking about now, and if you're listening to this, it's just something to think about. Back in January, everyone was posting how we were going to have Vision 2020. Vision 2020 was the thing. Nothing's going to stop us from hitting our goals. Nothing's going to keep us back. Nothing's going to, you know, all the things. And then 2020 hit. (laughs) Like, 
And suddenly goals went out the door and people said, you know what, I had goals, but I didn't expect this to come. And so as we're getting ready for 2021, it's December right now, I'd say, what goals do you want to set for 2021? And what have you learned about yourself in terms of your resolve to continue going after those goals? Hmm. Because even though this year isn't going to happen again, like, I mean, this is very, very specific. Yeah, we might, we'll still have some stuff that continues, but the initial shock of it is no longer, it's probably not going to happen a second time, knocking on wood and crossing everything that I can. Um, we do need to recognize that our response to 2020 says less about what happened and more about who we are and making sure that we're growing through it so that the next time that we go into a year setting those goals that we are walking in aware um, and having the right support around us. That is so, so good. Yeah, because I think 2020 for a lot of people is just a pause button. Just put a pause button or it was like a rewind. It like it set them back. Um, when everybody started out strong saying, oh, 2020, you know, it's so perfect because it's like, you know, vision, like your 2020 mm-hmm. vision. Um, and then to have stuff happen, it's kind of like you saw what goals you had actually broke through those barriers and which ones retracted for various reasons. And I think it shows a lot about the goals that you set that actually mattered and what things are actually a priority. Because some of the things that we set at the beginning of the year for our business, a lot of them actually stuck. We made some big adjustments in March right away when we kind of knew things were starting to change from that webinar. Um, but the thing is, I think for a lot of people, priorities shifted massively, very, very quickly, and that's mm-hmm. okay. But as you're going into the next year, if you're setting goals for 2021, um, keeping in mind what you realized your priorities were and which things you very quickly didn't care about anymore. Yeah, and a thing that we would both, and I know Lisa will agree with me on this, so I'm going to kind of, even though this is her interview, I'm going to throw one in. I'm going to challenge you, as you're setting out your goals for the next year, ask why you have that as a goal. And then once you've answered that, ask why again, and try to really dig deep into why that's your goal. Because my guess is a lot of the people's goals that changed this year, they're deep goal probably didn't as much as they thought but maybe they felt like things swung like crazy Mm -hmm. but uh, you know maybe they were like oh I want to get a promotion at work so that way I can afford a vacation so I could spend more time with my kids well guess what you got to spend more time with your kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) this year than you probably wanted maybe (laughs) but sometimes we don't always recognize what the actual root of our goals are and so we end up with goals that sound good and they feel right-ish, but when we actually dig into them, we realize, oh, the real reason I want this goal is something different. And a lot of times there's a more effective and efficient way to actually accomplish that goal right? without having to do the thing that we initially wrote down. So I love that. Well, Lisa, to kind of wrap up here, I'm going to ask you a question that we ask all of our guests here on Legacy Builders Movement. What does the word legacy mean to you? Huh. <sighs> The word legacy and building a legacy, it really means something that's going to outlive me. Legacy to me is the ultimate act of generosity. It's creating something that's so powerful and that moves people in such a way that it's not only going to outlive me, but most people won't even know who I am. Like, for me personally, I know if I could, you know, become a name, and someone knows who I am, and I get to impact some people, 
that sounds fine. But if I'm not known at all and I get to impact a whole lot more and I never get credit for it, that sounds like a life well lived. That's awesome. That's a great, great answer. And I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I don't want my legacy to be limited to my family. Yes, I want my kids to have amazing lives and I want them to be impactful. I want my grandkids to have that. I want my great grandkids. Like I want our family tree to have a legacy, leave a legacy and be able to build on a legacy. But I want to be so much more than that um, to the point where our legacy not only goes really deep within our family, but also goes wide. Um, that it impacts a lot of people and then that they're able to have the tools to be able to go deep within their own family lines. That's awesome. Well, Lisa, you said a few things that you're excited about for Legacy Builders in the next year. What is, where can our listeners learn more about (laughs) you? But more specifically, what what should they keep their eyes out for as far as uh, things that you're specifically excited about with Legacy Builders? Um, Right now, I mean, I mentioned the couple courses that we are putting together. But right now, um, especially since you mentioned goals, if you haven't checked out our Legacy Framework Planner, um, definitely look at that. We talk through goals, but not just the short term, here's what I want to do in my life, although that is covered, um, but also how to figure out what you want to leave long term, the impact you want to make, and then giving you practical handles to be able to do that. Um, right now, you can get that on our website, LegacyBuildersInternational.com. LegacyBuildersintl.com, and, and it's free. I was going to say, how much money does that cost? It's a whole zero dollars. Awesome. It's free. Um, but then we also have some other free resources coming out soon um, as well that are going to help um, leaders, nonprofit and for-profit, to really be able to build community and do it in a way that maximizes your impact and your effectiveness. That is excellent. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for spending some time being interviewed on the Legacy Builders Movement this week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. Stay tuned for next episode where we talk about the importance of building strong community and some hot tips to do it well. If you want to build the tallest building, don't start building at the first floor. Your legacy needs a strong foundation and our financial class is here to help. Use promo code 2020 for 50% off. You'll get six months of access to this inspiring overhaul of your finances to build a lasting legacy. Visit LegacyBuildersInternational.com slash courses for more info. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com slash courses and use promo code 2020 by December 31st. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Builders Movement. If you appreciate this podcast and find that it's valuable, the best way that you could help us is to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. To learn more about Legacy Builders, go to LegacyBuildersInternational.com. That's LegacyBuildersIntl.com.